we're trying to express ourselves in harmony with one another to create something that isn't me, isn't Gene, isn't Nick, isn't Seth. It's a combination of all of us and it's something more. You know, it's like the sum is greater than, than its parts sort of idea. GhostcultMag.com welcomes back in our old friend, John from Baroness. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing very well. How about you? I'm so good. It's really great to hear from you and see you today. I know you're busy on the road. Just put out the record stone. All these things happening. But, you know, first and foremost, I hope everybody in the band is well. And the kickoff to the tour has been hopefully as good as expected. Now my allergies make me want to peel my face off right as we start talking. <laughs> you know, part and parcel of every uh, Baroness release, the last bunch of releases, you have been doing these very special uh, record store in stores and sometimes unplugged and sometimes sort of half and half. These shows yeah. seem to be very important and integral to the band ethos. It, it, it seems that this is, you know, part of the experience now when you guys put a record out. It's not just a record release show. It's this series of, you know, this tour, these mini tours on top of a tour. So talk about right. why that, that's important to you. Well, I mean, it's it's important on a, for, on a number of fronts and for a number of reasons. I think one of the one of the reasons, I'll say that one of the, the sort of more superficial and, and kind of selfish reasons that we do it, I'll say that the, the, the more like fundamental reason that we do this is because I believe that when promoting a record, the purest, most simple, most sincere way of promoting it is by playing music. You know, I think there has become this sort of status quo that the marketing and promotion cycle for a record is largely going to be social media based. It's largely going to be journalism based. So, you know, it's, it's endless, endless, endless uh, discussions on the phone and via Zoom and all, you know, all manner of things to, to promote the record. And we're talking, you know, we, it's, it'd be great if, if all we ever talked about in those interviews you know, in, in advance of the records was was the music, but it's that's not the case. You know, it's it's about crafting a story. It's about presenting the right thing. And I'll, I'll say that you know, I, I I put it. You know, we we put a lot of work in, into promotion and marketing. We we're our own independent label. We're our own independent band. So we you know, it's it's something we have to do. But when it comes down to the records out or near, nearly out, and we want to reach our fans, I think the there's become become this really synchronous way of meeting our fans, allowing them to become allowing them to to see us promote our music by playing songs and by engaging with fans for no fee at independent record stores where you know i believe the life's blood of this band exists you know that's it's for me there's there's the band there's the audience and we're two critical components of the chain of the, you know the, the music community there's the venues which everybody thinks you know is just mostly an obvious thing if you're in if you live in a city you've you've definitely got like a favorite venue to go to but then it's the independent record stores that i think are sort of that final and, and critical part of the of the musical ecosystem that don't get the same type of um press you, you know they don't get the they don't get the same type of lip service, you know, when we, when we come to town, it's like, oh, well, you know, we're playing XYZ venue, that's the cool spot, that's a cool theater, it's a cool DIY club, whatever, whatever, whatever. It, it, you know, I think a lot of what happens, you know, at this stage in these records is that no one thinks to mention independent retailers because even as I say it, it doesn't have the snappiest title. You know what I mean? These are, these are, these are retail places that are good in a world where retail is you know, you know, from a musical artistic standpoint, where retails uh, can become this sort of dirty word. You know, when it gets to the Amazon, Spotify, YouTube, big box stores—not, you know, there's not that many of them anymore. But um, you know, there's our records are always a click away. 
I think the more important thing for our audience to know, and I think most, I think, I think a lot of times I'm speaking to the choir, but if I, you know, if we can change one mind a day, then, then great. What I've always tried to do when we do events and these, that, that includes the acoustic instruments, that includes the electric instruments. Sometimes I'll do art pop-ups and things while we're on tour, but I do it in these shops because I think these places are super critical and make up this infra, you know, this, you know, national, international, sometimes infrastructure uh, of people who essentially treat music the same way that, that we as musicians do, which is we pour everything we have into it. So, so do record stores. We barely make a dime. So do record stores. So it, it is, it is like a meeting of the minds where we're, we're, we're actually working with people who have their boots on the ground, access to the greater music listening public at large. You know, in, in other words, when I'm a 14 year old kid and I walked into a record store, I didn't know what to get. You know, I wasn't, born with a punk rock silver spoon on my ass. I, I didn't know. I wanted I wanted to, you know, you go up to the clerk or you you, you see, you know, you see the cool person working behind that counter and you say, what am I, what, what should I get? You know, it's a, and it's, it seemed seemingly innocuous question, but you're asking the librarian of the library of music, you know, just tell me what's good. And so when we do these acoustic instruments, I know I'm taking a long time to answer this question. We're, we're trying to bring our audience, whether or not they've ever been into a record store like this is sort of, Beside the point, we're trying to bring a great deal of people into this place uh, and to shed light and show people that it's somewhere that we go, somewhere that we feel is important and somewhere where we can, you know, where we can play a little bit of our music, engage with our fans. And as I meant, as I almost said first, to be to be embarrassed, I mean, we, we've released six records, we've, you know, accumulated however many fans over the years and we've got relationships with venues and, and communities all over the world. But, you know, and, in other words, we've grown a little and what I noticed that what what ha I noticed a long time ago that what happens when bands you know pass a certain threshold of popularity is there's then this insistence from people you know sometimes it's from the band sometimes it's from management sometimes it's from you know whomever label that you go and you do meetings and these like VIP either VIP events at the venue where you spend an extra couple hundred bucks and you spend 15 awkward minutes with the band in front of, you know, before the show, or they get to watch your sound check or, or you go to a record store and there's like a paid entrance fee. And then essentially you get, you know, the band's getting sometimes a significant amount of payment through these meet and greets. I do not place a premium and I refuse to place a premium on meeting us as human beings. That's a, that's a human interaction. I don't want that. I don't want that to be part of commerce because it's, because in my mind, that's disgusting. I, I, you know, it, it's work sometimes to spend, you know, to, to keep the hounds at bay in, in that, in that regard. So I think it's a pure thing that we show up set up because it's easy because it's two acoustic guitars, you know, and, and, and most of these record stores have a microphone and a PA. So we show up, we play some songs, we shake everybody's hands. If you've got something you want us to sign, we'll sign it. If you want to take a picture, we'll take a picture. We're not charging you for it. You know, at the most, maybe buy a record to get in. I think we did a couple where the entrance fee was just to buy a record. So people were pre-ordering stuff like that. That seemed a little less gross and a little bit more in line with the way that we go about things. So as I said, it's a, it's a fairly complicated thing. And it also reminds me of the way that, that music was promoted and, and the way that bands behaved in the 90s before before social media was like this immediate, uh, like main line to your audience. And I and I realized the whole time I'm saying this, that one post, one good post on social media will do the work of three months of in-stores, okay? But I'd rather do the three months of work that feels sincere and genuine and, you know, coincides with the way that I move about this, you know, this music community than I would to charge some somebody 25 bucks to shake money. That's just not, I'm never going to pay that. I don't want to make our fans pay that. I do, you know, I, I think in the whole band, we apply this to everything we do. What would we pay for? And if we would pay for it, then how can we as a band give something that's 
that that has a higher value than the ticket price. So if, if you know if you're paying 20, 30, 40 bucks to see us play, or in the case of some tours we did a couple of years ago, we were doing three hour sets and evening evening lift sort of thing. You know, the tickets were a little bit pricey, but our goal was how can we present an experience that is more valuable than that ticket price? And that's the only way that any of this commerce and music feels good to me is when it aligns with our artistic integrity and artistic vision and our creative flow. And I think a lot of times that commerce gets in the way of that and where, you know, we could, there's potentially thousands of dollars we're missing out on every night by premium price meet and greet that I'm sure some people would pay, but I reject that. I stand against it and I'll do everything in my power throughout our career to prevent anything like that from happening to our fans. Although some things do slip through the, tr the cracks, it, it does require a lot of vigilance. So anyway, there's a long answer to a very short question. Uh, it was a great answer. Thank you. And I was going to say, if, if, it ha it, you know, if there's going to be any kind of transaction, it should be between the artists and the art lovers, right? That's who we are yes. as fans, is we want to consume the music and get the experience, especially live from a band like yours. And you want to also reward the fans with those live performances, uh, which I also think is really special that you put out this if you had to do the digital version of the album there's this extra live tracks that are really amazing as good you know i don't think the band really has a live album maybe a live song here or there the made of veil ep comes to mind as a sort sort of live in right, the studio that's live in a, that's live in a studio so it's a right, different it's you know you want, you, want, you want the edge you want the grit you want the missed notes the flat fucking singing you want the core you want the audience vibing and you want that like that energy is critical uh, for a live recording and we've been bootlegging, bootlegging our own shows for years now so we have a treasure trove of these performances um but yeah you're, you're exactly right when it came to doing a deluxe cd which sounds crazy to me you know um because I, i've come to think in the past 10 years of cds as, as purely promotional items and then you know I, th I think there's like there are certain markets that still play cds but i mean if you bought a car in the past 10 years, you don't have a CD player. If you bought a TV or an entertainment system, you don't have it. You know, I guess like if you got PlayStation, you got a Blu-ray player or something like that. But, you know, the, the, the thing with the thing with creating all these packages is, and, you know, whenever you say deluxe, I want to give something. You know, I want to I want I want the I want our fans and the listener to, to understand not just to say, oh, well, it's deluxe because there's like another page of like written stuff or some pictures or whatever. Like, no, like let's give something back, whether whether it's a really expanded package that's mind blowing or extra tracks. There's got to be value added on to that original experience, which you can also, you know, um, and it, you know, it's, it's, it's been great for us with this record stone, uh, and, and our past two records, I think we were sort of, I was finding my footing as, as a, you know, as running label, but with stone, I think because the whole project was baked at home by such a small number of people and really, really was a labor of love and blood and sweat and tears. I mean, literal on all fronts from the four of us, um, it became you know, doubly important with, with the release of this record that we just do as, that we just are keeping ourselves busy and trying to make the most of its release as possible. Because once, once the record's out, now that we're on tour, our, our whole dedication comes to this live experience, you know, and that, even that, it's like, I'm not, I don't settle, I would, I will never settle for just play the hits and get off stage. You know, I know there was a whole discussion about this this summer with like, you know, what, what do you do as a band on a, on a festival stage? You know, you play your hits. And I, while I, while I sort of partially agree with that, I also reject it on a personal level because I think that some bands need to stand against the tide, against the wind in that, in that regard and say, no, 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 the deep cuts are important. We poured our heart and 
soul into that track that no one ever heard we're still going to play it if we do you know i think there's i and i and i think that that for we have fans who follow us from show to show so i don't want to give those the, and there, it's sometimes it's quite a few people i don't want to give that part of our audience the same well-played but very regimented experience every night we see our songs as being we see m most of our songs as being fairly fluid uh in, in that if the evening is mellow and reflective we'll play the songs with you know maybe we'll back off on the tempo and we'll play a little bit more dynamically and we'll let some of the valleys be a little deeper and the peaks be a little higher some nights the the, the crowd energy just demands upfront, you know face melting intensity and we'll do that so i think it's like you change your set list up you play the songs that you play the songs that you want to play you know make sure that make sure that the set is balanced enough that it's got the satisfying tracks for people you know the shock means and sweetest curses and horses stuff like that you know songs that have become like mainstays for us isaac of course with most nights of the week but then in between those sort of cornerstone tracks we want to play we're musicians we want to play music we don't want to play parts we want to feel the music and let it breathe on stage and create those sort of adventures for the audience and for us as well and i think it's important for us i think it's important for someone to do, you know, so we, here we are duking it out and fighting, fighting the unwinnable fight. Nice. Helping me with my segues, I love that you mentioned the fluidity of the music because I feel like the last three albums, coincidentally, the three albums on the Abraxan Hems label have become, you know, where you stop distilling your inspirations and it became Baroness music now. And I think that's the expectation of fans. And so the, you know, Stone could be, and you know, I didn't know what to expect. We saw, you know, singles and videos are part of, again, that business part of promoting an album. But when you take the album in as a whole and it, I know you're all lovers of music and, uh, you know, albums matter to you and sequencing matters and song endings matter and things. And so I feel like this album is so fluid and could be anything. You have these pastoral, chill, gentle moments and these rageful moments that are epic. So yeah. I feel like it's great. You could take us anywhere and we'll, we'll go as fans. Without without getting into the highfalutin like artists talking about art thing, all, all that any, I think all any musician's doing at a very basic level, channeling energy, you know, pitched energy or, you know, tension energy or some kind of energy. Like music, that's what music is. It's just sound waves, sound waves are energy. Um, what we, what we do with that you know the idea of energy yeah and and sort of the idea of like well here's a formless here's a void here's a vacuum where nothing is let's put music in and i think that that you know what we do as we get older as musicians if we're if we're you know if we're clever to it or, or if we're interested in it, is we, we start to understand that we start to realize that the things we think individually that are important about our role in the music are actually on them and that you know i think what, what we and baroness have realized over the past few records certainly is that all of our parts you know my role as a guitar player and a singer gina's role as a guitar player and a singer bass and savage drums like we're trying to express ourselves in harmony with one another to create something that isn't me isn't gene isn't nick isn't Seb. it's a combination of all of us and it's something more you know it's like the sum is greater than, than its parts sort of idea but in order to do that you have to supplicate yourself and humble yourself in front of the idea of your music as being something different from you and that you and your bandmates servants to that idea and so in that regard you know with that in mind i it has allowed me to it has allowed me to engage with with treating our music as our particular filter of the human experience i mean and I, and 
again, I know that's a little, it gets a little lofty here, but I mean, people write songs about how they feel, right? You know, you're, you're apathetic, you're heartbroken, you know, whatever. And some bands focus on one in extreme doom. It's just, it's extreme doom. That's, that's your, those, those, that's your language. Uh, you know, in, in dance music, it's about getting people to move. Uh, you know, country music's pretty much about, but I, I have always sort of appreciated that, that, that there are sometimes these bands that just kind of do it all seemingly at random, just like whatever, you know, whatever moves you, you, you grab a hold of that and you say, okay, well, that's what the song's about. And, you know, I, I think our music is largely about melancholy and sadness and struggle, but I don't let that, I, I don't think that that's enough. I think that, you know, to, to truly be three-dimensional and human with with the experience of our music it requires that for every pastoral moment of folk music that there is a counterpoint somewhere of intensity and volume and potentially aggression that acts not to you know, as a, as a Actually, it's a juxtaposition, you know, because it's easy, when you go from loud to when you go to, from quiet to loud, there's certainly a noticeable thing that happens. But when you do it, when you take somebody from happiness and optimism through heartache into pain and struggle, and then to hope, when you see the when you see the curve of your album as in terms of co a curve of cinema, it's not just loud and soft or hard and soft or happy and sad. It's not, it's not, you know, something in terms of binary. You just, each song generates a mixture of feelings. And when you've got all of those songs and you, you know, you sort of start to see how they fit with one another in terms of sequencing, then you've got this other dimension. That's the record dimension. Doesn't, doesn't necessarily mean that it's on stage, but record dimension, it's, we're just, I, you know, I just want to be taken on a journey. I don't want to feel the same way for 45 minutes. I want to feel as many ways as I can because I, I think through that 363 dimension, dimensionality, like the thing that we don't intend becomes more prevalent. The thing that we don't have control over, that unique baronessness, isn't something that we can define and articulate and do. It's not like, it's, you know, the four of us, if we were just, it's okay, well, let's, let's make a song that sounds like Baroness. It probably wouldn't. It's when we, it's when we again, humble yourself in front of your music. Realize you're a part of it, the main part, you know. Reali realizing that we're all, you know, that we're just technicians here to add and support this idea. Then, you know, whatever it is that we're actually about, which you can hear and I probably can't hear, becomes a little bit more obvious and is more easily accessible. And there's a mystery to that because we don't, because we don't understand, it's mysterious to us. If it's mysterious to us, it's mysterious. If there's, there is some mystery that gets generated through the speakers. If, if we know what we're doing and we can articulate it, and it sounds like we know what we're doing, and then it, to me, like in this band, kind of sounds a little, sounds like a little bit of a put on. Like I think, I think our songs are the best when they're just like when we're just following. The melody yeah i mean it's 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 all you know it's it's kind of like alchemy like there's there's a certain amount of science to it uh but then there's a certain amount of mystery where it's like where you have known ingredients you throw them together through that crucible comes some new element we didn't intend on you know it's 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 like part art part science and i think that part is really really interesting you know as we learn to control the controllable things we also understand to let go of the uncontrollable things and you know allow that balance to be to be said wow i'm sorry i went real uh, this is part of the process i appreciate you breaking it down uh and thank you uh one of the things i think that maybe doesn't get discussed quite enough because of you know all this great musicianship and these incredible songs is your lyrics and i've always found your lyrics to be uh, you know uh you know uh 
a little puzzle to unravel and I feel like this album I could be reading into this and and I sound like a dick quoting my own review but I feel like this this lyrics on this album are a little more straight ahead and also at the same time I love that you are getting into character much more on these songs or much more than I have sensed in the past and I love that you are really like laying into there's these long some of these long spoken word sections and even just the delivery of a line uh, seems like very you know just a great characterizations that bring out the the story of the songs a little more even than in the past yeah i think that i'm i'm glad you picked up on that you know it's it's something that i you know i've been i've had an awareness for that but I, you know i'll say that you know vocally is the and lyrically this is where i as a musician have grown the most through our music you know with with guitar my limitations are are easier to bump up against and when i bump up against my limitations as a, as a guitar player i try to push beyond them a little bit but it's a very slow process you know what i mean of getting better and i don't think it's i actually don't think it's that important that technically i get better as a guitar player because it doesn't that has nothing to do with composition that has nothing to do with song if i need if i need technical fireworks out of a guitar it's not me you guys are gonna be listening to it's gina she's she's like from its skill set so again like part part of the you know an important part of our growth has been in understanding our separate everybody understanding their separate roles and how they can are you know how we how i what i do can elevate what my bandmates do now what my band and i do so i don't have to prop they don't have to prop themselves up because here we are uh but you know so as far as like you know lyrics it's a i think when i'm writing when i'm writing lyrics well thinking too much on allowing feelings to come out and present themselves in the way that they can. And, you know, without getting too deep into it, the, the past few years have been somewhat miserable in some ways. And I, I, tr where I tried, you know, very, I think the reason the record took a long time to, to create, because we started the, t the, the reason it took a long time to finish was because I hit a, because we were in a pandemic and I hit a lyrical sort of roadblock and I didn't realize what was causing it until 2021 when we were out doing some touring, it became clear as day to me that I I don't my experience at home is not the one that it, it offers me nothing no no lyrical sustenance no vocal sustenance what i need is to be out in the world i need to be you know i need to be having experiences i need to see other people i need to have interactions in order to ground my own feelings and to deal with my insecurities and to deal with you know the depressions and the pains and the, the struggles and everything like that become more uh visible and more florid uh in the world so you know so when i came back from tour i started writing lyrics because we had, because we had all this music was done and i wrote the lyrics in a fairly condensed period of time and i noticed as i was writing repeated themes were happening repeated words were happening and i i thought that was bad at first i mean it's maybe maybe it still is but at the end of it all i was uh, you know i was going back to the lyrics that I'd written that had made it onto the record, it felt almost like I'm singing one song through 10 different filters, you know, like that the, the, the songs, the, all, there's almost like a conceptual purity uh, because I think maybe what, what I was going through was like fairly singular and, and intense. So it just ended up being a bunch of songs that were sort of variations on a theme. You know, sometimes the lyrics get a little, little more poetic. Sometimes they get a little bit more prosaic. But yeah, I think I think for me the difficulty's always been in that direct expression without over explaining the plot or the point or the feeling because i because i don't think in a very linear way most of the time the way i, I like I, I sort of think in in metaphor and i sort of think in it's very difficult it makes me very hard to it's, it's sometimes very hard for me to get a point across i actually know how to i don't know how to say this makes me feel this way i i, I launch into some 10 minute speech about who knows what you know it's like 
free flowing stream of consciousness. In, in crafting these lyrics, I did, you know, and in working, you know, Gina and I would work sort of like endless hours in the basement studio, just trying to figure out where to go with this stuff. And the it, it the 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 challenge felt like in, it, like it was all about inhabiting the song. I was trying to get into into these tunes that we'd recorded a year earlier and that we'd recorded in a really like fluid non-presumptuous way where we hadn't really worked out all the details so also i have to i wanted to keep the integrity of that spirit alive when doing lyrics and vocal takes so i didn't want to overdo anything i don't want to think about it. and I, I you know i i really something that really became important to me over the past three or four years of touring that i realized that i was my my performance would be better when i sang the words you know when i felt the words as i was singing them not just spitting them out because those are the words to try to to try to sing a line in the with re, with respect to the the meaning of you know to try to feel each of those thoughts in a verse and each of those thoughts in a chorus but to try to sing the feeling and i think that became really important to me it was something i was very eager to try on stuff was just to really really make sure that when i'm singing that i'm not singing a pitch and a sound come up with but that i'm singing a i'm singing the, the feeling of a word and the feeling of a thought with that melody and it, it, it adds different stresses different accents and and, and it allowed me to to extend the range of my voice a little bit and use some well people keep going oh it's, it's like kind of crazy you know i never never heard you speak on record before but i've done that before i just i'm doing it confidently and audibly you know like the whole the whole exercise with this record was like don't overdo it live with your mistakes and make them all you know so that so that everything every you're owning everything like there's no there is you know a, a missed note isn't a missed note. It's it's a it's a tool of uh, anticipation or something, or, or or you know the intensity and amount of overtones I'll add to my voice are there to bolster the point of the lyric, not just because this part's gonna sound good and tense or quiet or whatever. You know, like if you're you know I'm a singer, I have to take that crap seriously uh, while at the same time writing something that you know I think is gonna reach people. And it's you know it's a it's a delicate art, but it's one that I you know always feel like oh, there's so much more left to do uh, because I don't care to stay the same. I care to grow and I care to try new things. And I'm happy to make some weird missteps as long as I'm feeling. And I, I, I do think this at the end of the day, if we feel impassioned, if we feel psyched, if we feel hyped on our music, if we, if we buy our bullshit, then that's what, that's not, it's not the music that, that reaches the fans. It's that it's that it's that enthusiasm that chooses our fans because our music is all it's it's all emotional you know it just depends on which emotion you're talking about but it's all it's all about the feels all our job is is to use the the tools the, the tools that we have which are our instruments to support those emotions and those meanings uh in a, in a in an unspoken in a non-analytic and intuitive and reactive way i think that's what the record is nice uh, i just have a couple more for you uh yeah, sure. one Keep of my going. favorite one of my favorite quotes about music i'm gonna paraphrase it badly is by vernon reed of living color who said that the songs oh, cool. are not finished when they're done recording they're they're finished many years later when we've played them in front of audiences a lot and they've reacted back and we've workshopped the song more live and i feel like baroness has been doing that also live where the songs are not finite they're infinite which i really like it's a flowery way of saying that i really love when you guys jam <laughs> yeah. and, well, and, I, and i love it i love it too you know i think i think it's through those jams that we develop a deeper on-stage chemistry uh 
I mean, it, it's, it's, you know, and we, we tried to, that was a hundred percent what we tried to carry into the studio was, can we write a song explaining it to one? You know, I, I don't need to tell Gina what I'm about to do. We're, we, it, it works because we feel they're in the next note, you know, when we're, when there's a harmony, it's not sing this major third or minor third on top of that. And then maybe we'll add a fifth later. What's, what's, you know, here we go. And we just, you know, it just synchronizes. That's, that's a more beautiful way of, of uh, playing music. And, you know, I think maybe it's because there's been a bunch of lineup changes over the years that we've constantly, that I've constantly had to reimagine our older material. We've constantly had to workshop it on stage, but we've really been doing it since day one. I've never, I never really thought any of our studio recorded versions, they didn't need to be the live versions. I don't, when I'm in a studio, I'm like the live version, we don't need to consider it. All we need to know all we need to do in the studio is create magic. We do on stage, we're limited. We got two guitars, bass, drums, keys, two vocals. That's that. When we're in the studio, we could have 100 vocals. We could have 6,000 guitars. We could have any instrument on the planet. That shit is, an, is not about reality. It's about a super real. So the live thing is where, where we really find out what, where the song wants to go. And it's because you have to play the audience. The audience is is a fifth band member way more important than any one of us so they tell us how the song wants to be played it's a momentary decision that we're making it's a, it's a real-time decision that we're making whether build up pull back whether you know if, if we if we feel the jam we'll take that jam as long as the audience wants it and then as soon as they give us those those little you know subtle signals that it's time to move on and we move on you know and that's 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 music i mean that's that's a cool way of playing music because it doesn't it doesn't mean that we have to get bored playing our own songs. It doesn't. It means that we don't clock in and clock out every day. We show up and we don't know what's going to happen. We hope for the best and uh, and different versions of every song and more yet to come. Because you know, I, I think Vernon Vernon is exactly right. I think I, I think a lot of musicians it, it, you gotta you have to leave some space for growth on stage. It, it, it is very likely that you'll get bored. You won't put the same amount into it because you already it's a finite thing. You know what you know. You know how much you have to give to make the song sound exactly like it does on a record, you know, whatever it is. But when you don't know, when you're trying to make it better, when you're constantly trying to make the song better than it's ever been on stage, you're always striving forward. And I think that's one, one thing I, I would like to think that Baroness has always uh, exemplified or, or, or it's something that's, that's audible is that we're never going to be, we're never going to be satisfied with where we were on the last record, that we're always trying to go somewhere. It means engaging in active, risky behavior with your audience who's going to go, ah, oh, well, you know, only the EPs are the ones are red and blue, that's it, nothing else, or I only like yellow and green because that had all the hits on it, you know, however they want to do it. But I'm like, yeah, but, but we're the musicians and we don't take input and apply that to our music. Our music is the input for, for for the audience. You know, I don't I don't think audience like to be in charge of what the band does. I think the audience is critical in that way that I said in, in a live way, they tell us where to take, but it's our music and we've got to, you know, we've got to sort of lead that charge. And with each record, I have to feel like we've opened some new doors up, even at the risk of, you know, putting some people off like, yeah, but this is something I got to do every day. You can choose not to listen to one song or another, but I want to play it with conviction every night. I want to think that we're, I want to think that we're not done, which is a tricky thing. I think the death of a lot of good bands is this idea that you got to constantly evolve and adapt and change. And sometimes that means you lose yourself in the process. Uh, and I've, you know, I've been, I've been really obsessed with this, this idea that like people, you put a record out and people go, oh, this is like the return to roots record. I'm like, no, 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 no. You don't get it. If you have to return to your roots, they're not your roots. The roots are the things that are always there. It's in the title. The roots are there to ground you so that you can do anything else. You know, 
know, so you can bloom and blossom and grow in any other direction. And you've always got your, you know, when you're returning to them, well, you're, you've already lost, you've already been disconnected. So yeah, so it's a, it's a tricky thing, you know, to try to be evolving and changing and getting better and becoming better songwriters, because it means you're going to leave some old styles behind when they're not relevant. I hate to think of somebody at your show, like arms folded in the back of the room. That makes me crazy. I hope not. Like, where's the blue songs? They're there. Yeah, huh, there's not enough records now that people, you know, <clears throat> like our, our catalog weeds out the suckers that are going to feel like that anyway. Like, you yes. know what I mean? Like, oh, this is too push, this is too touchy feeling. Well, you're not going to be at the show. Weeding out the suckers. That's that's a fact. Speaking of the shows, and this is my last question for you. You've been terrific. I appreciate you. I love this tour format with these different legs of the tour with these bands that are largely under, you know, they're all respected, but they're underground still. And I think that just kind of speaks to your personal, you know, you've always been kind of that punk rock PMA spirit that you've always had from the beginning. Yeah. And, uh, and I love that you are kind of paying it forward. I saw Baroness open for bigger bands when you were an totally. underground band. And now this totally. seems, I can't believe I'm going to see Primitive Man with Baroness <laughs> in a beautiful theater in Berkeley in a couple of days. It's bizarre nice. and awesome. <laughs> Tonight's our first night. Tonight is our first night with Primitive Man. So it's, it's going to be great. You know, it's funny because uh, first, up until now, we've done uh, like a week and a half of shows. The Square Grande was opening. We had Jesus Peace for the first week and then Portrayal of Guilt for the past couple of days. But tonight, it's like oh, the whole vibe of the show is going to change because the, both opening acts are different. And I'm like, oh, man, we got 19 bands on this tour. Like every four or five days, the whole mood of our show is going to change because the chemical makeup of it's going to change. So yeah, I, we're we're also really excited because it's 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 just so many bands that I've been a fan of over the past few years, or you know, in some cases, you know, past fifteen years. But they're all bands that I've seen, respect, love, and all bands that I think are kind of at the top of their game and just doing it right. So it is it is exciting. Right on. I I sincerely hope that some other bands pay attention to this tour and and follow suit. I don't want them to bite what you've done, but like I would appreciate it if they. No, also, we'll take out, I mean, we're not doing <laughs> Please anything. take out some that. more under-heralded bands. They they deserve yeah, yeah. it. Uh, as yeah, usual, I mean, it's, it's, it's tricky, but but I think it's you know it's it's always worth doing because, like you said, somebody gave us a chance once, and I'll never forget that. I'll never forget all of the bands that bet against the odds on us, and you know we tried to show up and deliver, and we 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 give our best no matter what the situation, and I think that's the nature of a lot of these bands uh, that we're touring, we're on tour with currently. So yeah, I couldn't be more excited about the rest of these shows. Absolutely killer, John. It's always a pleasure. I really appreciate you. Thanks for hanging out with Ghost Cult and sure. myself. Thanks for all the support over the years uh, of us of mutually, and I wish you the best, and I'll see you in a few days. Mm -hmm.